0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby, say the cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the can, take a deep seat and pull your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on, what you waiting on? Let's go. If you buy if you have your Bibles and you would like to follow along, we are going to be in Mark chapter 12 and Matthew chapter 7. 12 and Matthew 7. So, uh we said it a, a couple of weeks in a row that the Simplified Cowboy version is is a paraphrase, a Bible paraphrase that I wrote in the language of the cowboy, and it is just a Bible paraphrase. It is not a translation. It is a Bible study aid tool, but it is now on Kindle, and what Kindle is is, is a for you people that don't know, it's it's a way that you can like read a book on your phone. And the reason that they're important uh, is because you can make the letters bigger or smaller and all of this other stuff. It's really cool for people that use it. But it didn't start out very cool because um, we, I was mistaken with the uh, people that put the simplified cowboy version together. They said they would provide us with a digital copy, which I thought meant Ready to go Kindle type ebook and and it wasn't that. it was just uh, th- the New Testament broke up into three uh, different files, and it had like uh, Matthew through Romans and or, or Matthew through Acts and then like Romans through second Corinthians and then the rest of the Bible. So what I had to do is I had to take this PDF and I had to like make it all into one. But then, you know, if you have one of the simplified cowboy versions, you know, at the start of every book, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's kind of fancy and has all this scroll work. Well, that doesn't work for like phones and tablets. So I had to take all of that stuff out of there. And I cannot tell you how long, it was probably a couple of hours. And I make my living on a computer so I can usually find what I need. But I didn't want to pay for it, but what I had to do was get that PDF version into like a Word document. There was nothing that I didn't have to pay for that would automatically just grab the words and put them on. So guess what I did? For three weeks, I ruined my hands. I've got carpal tunnel in tunnels that I didn't even know existed. I had to... Because it's in two columns, a simplified cowboy version is. I had to highlight one column, go over to a Word document, paste that, format it, go back, do the other column, paste. And I did this for three weeks. I was in 2 Corinthians when I walked out to talk to Mr. Sean Soa in one of his ranch shorting clinics that he had out at the ranch. And he said, hey, man, I thought I had enough waivers, but I'm just a few short. Do you have any? I said, man, I don't know if I have any where I can find them quickly, but if not, I'll just print off another one. He's like, man, thank you so much. And I went in there and I just Googled horse liability waiver, right? And I found a template. And so I I clicked on that. It opened it up. It It allowed me to, you know, it said, insert your company name here. And so I put in save the cowboy and some other things. And right as I printed that off, I looked at what website I was on, and it was Adobe website, and that's what, who makes Acrobat that does the PDF and all of this stuff. And I know I'm getting technical on y'all, but it, it, it's important. I looked up there and I printed, and after hours, three weeks before, of searching for something that would do automatically what I wanted it to do, I looked up there and it said, Adobe's free conversion convert any PDF to a Word document in seconds (laughs) Have you ever wept (laughs) I mean sobbed uncontrollably Like when somebody says what is the matter with you you are equal parts devastated and elated at the exact same time so In the 30 seconds, I went, no way. It says, upload your PDF. I uploaded the PDF and hit go. And in three seconds, I had everything I needed that I didn't get done three weeks earlier. Okay, I wept. But at this point, I started questioning myself whether I was really fit for this job or not. And I was not being very loving of myself. Oh, you're stupid, man. You went and looked at all this other stuff, and you could have gone just straight to Adobe. You wasted all of this, your time, people's money, blah, 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 when it could have been done. You ever been hard on yourself? I think we all are. You want to know when mine is the worst first thing in the morning? I don't know why. But when I wake up, I'm really mean to myself, and I hate that about me. I can talk myself into a bad mood at the very beginning of of every day. And um, I'll be honest, I'm not very good at loving myself. So with that question in mind, I started looking for a biblical answer to what it actually means to love yourself. And in Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31, Jesus says this. Now, if I can set the stage... um, he says this in, in three of the four Gospels, and not the one in Mark, but the one in Luke says the same thing, and I use Mark, but anyway, a Pharisee is asking Jesus, they're trying to trap Jesus, because Jesus is really hard on the Pharisees, He's really forgiving to sinners, and He's rough on the religious people. I love me some Jesus, okay, because I'm really hard on religious people as well right? But this is what Jesus, uh, they try to trap him, and this Pharisee comes up. Now, in order to be a Pharisee, you have to memorize Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, word for word. You also have to know all of the over 650 laws and be able to recite them. These are learned people. These are smart people, but they're trying to use their earthly smarts to try to trap God's one and only son. And they said, which are the greatest commandments? Which are the greatest commandments? And Jesus says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Now, Jesus says this at one point, and a Pharisee answers and says the exact same thing, and then he goes into, who is my neighbor? But that wasn't ever the question whenever I read that, love your neighbor as yourself. I didn't have any problems knowing who my neighbor was. What I had a problem with is I'm not very good at loving myself, and if I'm not very good at loving myself, how can I do what God wants me to and love others? So I dive down into the rabbit hole of what it means and what it does not mean to love yourself. Today, we're going to talk about three ways to love yourself like God intended, without any pride, without any ego, without any selfishness, a true way to love yourself like God intended. Listen, I've come to the conclusion that you can always find your purpose or you can get close to your purpose by answering one question, what breaks your heart? What breaks your heart? And what breaks my heart is that I think that heaven and following God is the easiest thing to do in the world. Real Christianity is very, very simple. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. I think it's very difficult to get to hell. Because you have, to turn, you have to turn your back and say, I don't want peace, I don't want joy, I don't want gentleness and kindness, and I don't want anything except to turn my back and run out into the storm and die. Because like we mentioned in our Bible study this morning, none of you, not a single person in this room has ever met a mere mortal because we are made immortal. Everybody in here is going to live forever, but your choices dictate the place. Your choices dictate the place. And that's what breaks my heart, is that God wants us to give, to give us peace. He wants to give us comfort. Listen, this world is hard, right? This world is hard. Being a Christian doesn't make your life easier. The same storms that, the same storms fall on the just and the unjust, but the difference is, is that with God, we have a solid foundation where when we don't, the storms oftentimes ruin us. What breaks my heart is people that don't know the love of God and everything that comes with authentic Christianity, not religion. Three ways to love yourself like God intended. The first way is, is a uh, spiritual way to love ourselves. okay? It's a, it's a spiritual. Time and time again, I thought about listing all of them, and then I thought there's no, there's no point. If you don't believe me, go look in your Bible. Many times the Bible says, give what you want to get. Your Bible probably says, give and you shall receive. That's the way we love ourselves. Whatever you want, give that to somebody else. Give that to somebody else. Give and you will receive. Luke six thirty eight says, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Listen to this. I mean, really, if you don't listen to anything else I say, listen to this part right here. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. And then it says this. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured in your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. If we are that selfish, which I we have kind of said that we don't have to have any lessons on how to be selfish. We are selfish by nature. But if you were truly, truly, truly selfish and you wanted everything that God has to offer, it is available to you. You just have to give it away. You just have to give it away. What does that mean? Well, how many of us want grace? I think everybody here would be like, you know what? I'd like to have a little grace and everybody just... On my back, chewing my butt all the time, never gives me a benefit of the doubt, never gives me a break, just right, 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 all the time. Wouldn't you like some grace? Well, if you do, the best way to get it is to give it away. How about mercy? You want mercy in your life? The only way to get it, truly get it, is to give it to somebody else. Give and you shall receive. So, what's the difference in grace and mercy? You ever thought about that? Those are two church words that are thrown around a lot. What is the difference between grace and mercy? Well, grace is giving unmerited, unearned kindness and benefit. Just giving somebody that has never done anything for you unmerited kindness. That is grace. Is there anybody in this room that like, you know what? I'd rather go to hell than somebody give me unearned for kindness. Of course not. Of course not. But that's what grace is. And if you want grace, you got to give it away. You would be amazed at how often you give grace away, how graceful others are to you. So what's the difference in grace and mercy? Grace is giving unmerited kindness and benefits, while mercy is withholding warranted punishment. You see the difference in the two? Grace is giving unmerited kindness but mercy is withholding warranted punishment. You know what that, this guy did to me? Well, he deserves to be punished for it. Well, mercy means, you know what? Even though you deserve to be punished for what you did, I'm going to give you mercy. And I'm, not, I'm going to withhold warranted punishment. How about this one? You like grace? You like mercy? How about forgiveness? Forgiveness. So what's the difference? In grace and mercy, we talked about grace is giving unmerited benefit and kindness. Mercy is withholding warranted punishment, while forgiveness is this it is overcoming deserved anger and resentment. That's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is overcoming deserved anger and bitterness. And you know what? Every single one of us. In here, has wronged somebody else in some form or fashion, whether intentional or unintentional. Intentionality doesn't matter in the equation. It's overcoming deserved anger and resentment. It's you know what somebody has done something to you and they deserve like it was not right, and you can be mad about it. But if you want forgiveness, overcoming deserved anger and resentment, we give it away because you know what we deserve. There's not a single person in this room that deserves heaven because of our sinful ways, because of our sinful actions. Yet here is God in his ultimate love for us. He gives us grace, unearned kindness and benefit. And he also gives us mercy, which is withholding warranted punishment. He also gives us forgiveness, overcoming deserved anger and resentment. Man, if you want to love yourself, start giving away grace. Start giving away mercy. Start offering forgiveness as well as encouragement. Is there anybody in here like, you know what, I just get sick of people encouraging me to, to, you know, do better and everything like that? I just get so sick. Nobody is going to say that. Okay? If you want to be encouraged, the best way to do it is to be an encouragement to others. This it's what Jesus meant when he said, love your neighbor as yourself. If you want it, give it away. How about this? Hope. Hope. I'd like, a, I'd like a healthy dose of hope. I would. How about understanding? Let me ask you a question. Have you ever thought to yourself, nobody understands what I'm going through? We've all said that at some point. Maybe you even say it out loud to somebody like, yeah, you know, you, you just don't understand. Well, if you want to be understood, you've got to give away understanding. On our on our Bible study, The Truth Project, throughout the whole 12 lessons, um, there was a guy named Flash that was a tattoo artist. And man, every time they interviewed him, it was, he was kind of mean and a little bit nasty and just bitter and you could just see, I ain't got nothing to do with religion. I'm freaking, I mean, they had to bleep everything out about every other word. But at the very end, they showed him, and he talked about his upbringing, that his mother wasn't just a raging alcoholic, she was a monster that locked him in his room, and his dad had undiagnosed Alzheimer's, and his dad used to beat him mercilessly and stuff like that, and it's amazing how all of our hearts turned to loving Flash instead of just judging him, to understand that... Where he's at now is a product of where he had been. Don't you want that? Don't you wish that somebody would understand you? That somebody would like say, I do understand. I understand how hard it's been. If you want that in your life, you've got to give it to somebody else. Understanding. And how about this? Love. Is there anybody in here that would say, you know what, I just really don't want to be loved? Be fooling themselves. If you want to be loved, there's one clear-cut way to give it, or to get it, is to give it away. Love people, not because so they can do something for you, just because it's a reaction of what you want in life. Love unconditionally, and you will get that in return. Give, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Look at this imagery right now when God is talking about what he wants to give every one of you. Listen, listen to the words he used. Your gift will return to you in full, but not just in full. Press down. You know how like sometimes your trash is full and then you stick your boot in there and you smash it all down? Because that, that's the equivalent of taking the trash out, right? right we learned that at a long, young age. Oh, it's, trash is full. <sniffs> not anymore. So, what God is saying. He wants to give you all of this. Pressed down. Shaken. So that everything, so that he can fit more in there, right? You shake it up so that everything makes more room to add to it. Shaken together to make more room. Running over, he's like, man, even when it gets, when it gets full, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to let it run over into your lap. Poured, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And you know what the hidden promise in there is? is that even if you give away a little, you're gonna get a lot in return. You're gonna get more in return. Now, it doesn't always come in the same form. You give this type of love, you might get another type of love back. But when you make a habit of loving others, you will feel that love that is returned to you in whatever form it comes. Three ways to love yourself like God intended. There's a spiritual aspect of it with grace and mercy. And forgiveness, encouragement, hope, understanding, and love. That is how you love yourself. You want those amazing things in your life, give them away to somebody else. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Three ways to love yourself like God intended. There's a spiritual aspect to it of that love. There's also a purpose in loving your neighbor as yourself. Loving others is what gives us our life's purpose. Once again, <laughs> I, I laugh, and I said this during the Bible study. Once again, the, the comment that I hear all the time is, I just don't know what God wants me to do. Yes, you do. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. There's not a single Christian on earth that can legitimately say that when it's clear black and white. It is clear in black and white. We have been given the precious gift of eternal life. If you can call on Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know, it's like I said in the Bible study this morning, if you actually had a fountain of youth where, if somebody drank the water, they would live forever, and the only requirement for you to use it is that you had to give it to somebody else. We would be standing on the street corner, we would have the t shirt guns at sporting events, we would be giving it away all over the place, but that is exactly what we've been given, isn't it? We have been given eternal life, and it behooves me. That's a pretty cowboy word right there. Hoof, hoof, yeah, pretty good pretty good for 10 o'clock in the morning. It behooves me of why we're not sharing eternal life with others. It gives us a purpose. Loving others gives us a purpose. To those in darkness, Jesus is the light of the world. To those who are thirsty, Jesus is living water. To those who are hungry, Jesus is the bread of life. To those who are lost, Jesus says, I am the way. To those who are dead in their transgressions, Jesus says, I am the life. I am the life. To those who are confused, Jesus is the truth. To those who are looking for it all, Jesus is the alpha and he is the omega. Why are we not telling people this? Why are we not living this? Why are we dividing our Sundays from our Mondays through Saturdays? Why do we not give this precious gift to others? Not about religion, but about love. And we, <laughs> the Bible says that Jesus has entrusted his most precious gift to clay jars, such as ourselves clay jars that can be broken, that are easily fallible. We are like clay jars. I was reading a book and I may get some of this wrong the the dates and everything aren't important it's the meaning of it is that it, I think I believe it was in the 1600s this clan of Japanese people were known and revered for their ceramic use their porcelain and stuff like that and I'm not talking about Ming that was Chinese this is Japanese but one of the reasons is that it was so pure and beautiful What they made, right? But you know what they did when they finished one of these pure deals? They walked outside and they broke it. What a waste, right? No, because their job wasn't done yet. They break this priceless porcelain and then they take it and they find every piece and they glue it back together with gold. So after being broken, when it's put back together, it is infinitely more valuable than it was when it was whole. We have been broken, yet we have been put back together with God's forgiveness and His grace and His mercy through Jesus Christ. We are infinitely more valuable now. Why are we not sharing that with others? It gives our life purpose. It gives our life meaning. And now none shall say, I do not know what God wants me to do. I do not know what God wants me to do. He wants you to love Him and He wants you to love others. I think that all of us, maybe this front row excluded, but maybe all of us need to ask ourselves, how can I integrate my everyday life with what I do, whether you're a businessman, whether you're a teacher, whether you're in medical field, construction, cowboy and ranching, whatever the case may be. How can you fulfill what God wants you to do in your life? Man, you are surrounded by people all the time. And what God wants you to do is love them. It gives our life meaning. It gives our life purpose. Learn how you can integrate your life and profession into loving others intentionally. You can do it right now. You can do it today. You can do it at work. You can do it at home. You can do it anywhere that there's another person. And if there's not another person to love, love yourself. You know, if, if you talk to others the way you talk to yourself, you wouldn't have any friends. So stop talking bad about yourself. And finally, three ways to love yourself like God intended. There's a spiritual aspect of it. It's how we love ourselves by giving that grace, mercy, forgiveness, understanding, hope, all of that stuff away. There's a purpose, meaning God says, this is what is most important to me. But it's also that right there. I don't think you can talk about purpose without the fulfillment that that purpose will bring. You, I know you. You think I don't, but I do. And it's not a knowledge that I have for myself. It's a knowledge that comes from God, is that you have been searching for meaning in your life. You have look, been looking for something to fulfill that little empty space that you know is there. That fulfillment is found in Matthew chapter 7, verses 12. And you may not know Matthew 7, 12, but you've heard it whether you remember it or not. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you.